What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I'm the Martian, joined by my co-host Ozzy, and this week we're going to be analyzing the Max Holloway versus Yaya Rodriguez card going down this Saturday, early start time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, and we're back at the UFC Apex, 11 fights in the small cage. And uh, how are we doing this week, Ozzy? Pretty well. Uh, coming off that, you know, great pay-per-view, those back-to-back pay-per-view cards, uh, which were a lot of fun, was able to to go and be in attendance, meet a few of uh, the guys that we, you know, we chat with a little bit via, you know, Twitter and, you know, other other forms. And uh, was a really exciting card that I think we had some really, really good reads on and uh, pretty interesting, you know, cards top to bottom. Yeah, um, unfortunately, small loss in the bets for me. Actually, a pretty medium to large loss in track bets for me. Minus 4.65 units, unfortunately. But uh, you had a good week. Uh, what was your recap last week? Yeah, just over three and a half units up, which very grateful for seeing that, you know, I think a lot of people had a little bit of a, you know, tougher week. Um, Kept a little smaller, but I love the Imavov. Rose, uh, you know, as both as uh, over one and a half unit bets, Rose, a two unit bet, Curtis, although I did like that fight to go over, you know, I think uh, I was a little bit more of an advocate for Curtis and that gave me a, a small win on that fight, even though I lost on that uh, over bet or that uh, goes distance bet. Obviously, I was on Frankie. Um, and then that uh, goes a distance in the Jacoby uh, Alon fight. But just, you know, awesome run for me, what I would say on these UFC events overall. I think, you know, up close to 40 units, uh, more or less since uh, since the summer where we started this. And I think this has definitely helped my handicap process overall. And I hope that people are, you know, enjoying, you know, us talking about the fights a little bit me going in depth a little bit on, uh, you know, how I kind of see these, you know, fights playing out and, you know, are making money along the way because, you know, I'm betting these, you know, these fights all for real. And I think there's a a lot of opportunity in these markets that, you know, I've like, I've, I think I've uh, expressed to you in the past. I don't know if it'll always be, you know, there and at at this magnitude, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make a hundred units, you know, year over year, but uh, you got to take it uh, as your. Yeah, so you kind of just glanced over it there, but we started this podcast 14 UFC events ago. You're up 43 units in that amount of time, and you're not exactly going to explicitly say, I have one unit, two units on this, but I mean, you're giving your thoughts on these fights. People can take that information and, you know, do what they please with it. You're giving uh, your thoughts on the fights. You're typically picking a winner, typically saying who you like. You're just not explicitly saying, I have two units on this. So you got to really pay attention to what uh, we're saying here and use that information to tell. Um, You know, I'm up 21 units in that time and, you know, kind of dwells in comparison to this guy over here making 43 fucking units, just a crazy run. And, uh, you know, we're we're hoping you're enjoying the podcast, um, getting some entertainment out of it and also getting some valuable information to use in these bets. Um, I will say, though, I will say what what we're going to add on at the end, I will I'm going to start giving like one, you know, we're basically going to try and give a parlay of like two sides whether it be a side a total you know something like that one of each of ours uh every week and you know if you want to bet it as a parlay if you want to bet it as a straight pick you know be uh by all means um but just to give some more concrete you know sides you know overall but you know i think i'm pretty transparent overall with uh you know everything so but let's uh get into it i'm excited about this card i have a lot of thoughts on it so i think it'll be a medium uh length podcast today i agree and um 
just one slight note, uh, Ozzy was experiencing a little bit of internet connection issues, so if we have some audio problems at times, I apologize, but we'll do our best to mitigate that throughout. And we're going to start things off. First fight on this card this Saturday in the light heavyweight division, we have Kennedy and Zechiku as the slight underdog. Um, da Eun Jung is the favorite. Right now, bet online, minus 125 Da Jung. Um, Kennedy coming back, plus 105. Uh, we're definitely not big fans of Kennedy on this podcast. We were on uh, Danilo Maya against him in that last fight. That was a brutal loss there. Um, we bet uh, Marks as an underdog. He won the first two rounds and then just had an all-time collapse in round three. I'm not over that loss yet. I know uh, Ozzy probably isn't as well. And I'm looking to get my money back this time on Da Eun Jung. And Da Eun Jung is a guy I bet in his last fight. He performed very well against William Knight. And I just think Da'un Jung hits harder than Kennedy. I think he's a solid uh, boxer. Uh, he can hit takedowns and keep top position. He can do good work from top position as well, landing ground and pound. And I kind of just give him the striking power and grappling advantage over Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy's tough. He's got good cardio. He's going to hang in there even when he's losing the fight. He's proven that in his past two fights. He was getting demolished in both of those fights before coming back and winning them by knockout. But I just don't think that's good enough at plus 105. I mean, I think that Don Jung has a lot of advantages here. I think that he could possibly land a big shot and knock out Nzechiku on the feet or could possibly even get his wrestling going and outgrapple Kennedy here. So I'm riding with the South Korean. I think he's good value at this price. I mean, I think the market is kind of overrating Kennedy here. So I still think there's value on Jung and I will be betting him here. Yeah, so Kennedy for me, just a guy where uh, just a, a bewildering, you know, approach overall. Like he's just a, a very, very so uh, incredibly so starter. You saw even in that Darko Stosic fight, uh, he started off super slow. I think Darko outlined him like three to one in the first round. Uh, and you know, then Kennedy was able to get back into the fight a little bit in the second round. Uh, in that Oberg fight, same thing. It looked like he was starstruck. Thought that Carlos was really good looking. I don't know, but he was. <laughs> you know, doing nothing. I can't blame the guy, uh, but was doing nothing in that first round as Carlos was teeing off on him. Uh, I mean, for the most part, you know, he did land his shots here and there, um, but just wasn't just was just waiting too long. And the same thing happened against uh, the Marquez where Marquez was able to dictate the pace of the fight, especially early when he was able to get in on his hips. Uh, and then even in that second round, he's able to get in on them, you know, on many occasions, uh, even though Kennedy did show better takedown defense there, but he was just giving up his back a lot when they're at range when kennedy's at range for me you know it looks like to me he uh he just thinks too much about what he wants to throw next does not really put together uh, a lot of his combinations you know over the course of the fight uh you know when he does uncork he is throwing good good punches and better put it um where he's he builds uh some of this offense now jung if you're looking at the data points for jung i think the the thing that maybe uh scares people is that fight against Against um uh e e what is the, the Russian guy's name? Ibrahimov. Ibrahimov. Kadis? Yeah, Ka his UFC debut, where you know he he was getting hit, you know, plenty was uh not really respecting too much of the power. Um, and you know, I think that kind of skews people's opinions. 
it did for me personally, where I had Mike Rodriguez and, you know, Jung showed uh, his knockout power in that fight. And then in that Alvi fight, although Alvi did stun him on a, a, a few occasions, Alvi is a m much more tricky southpaw than I think Kennedy is. I think that uh, Jung is going to be able to find his angles for his right hand uh, much more. And then if he does want to duck into the clinch, I think he is able, he is more solid there. He's going to be able to control it a little bit more. And I don't see just uh, Kennedy being able to take up the space uh in in those striking exchanges to overwhelm uh jung like he did with uh marquez and some of these other guys that he's fought so i'm not it really into like i don't want to lay too much juice on jung have not done it yet either i think you you might you might have already been on that side but you know I'm, it's a line that i'm looking at because it has come way in you know a, a lot of kennedy action i think some touts on him as well um, but this is a good matchup, I think, between two solid light heavyweights. But I, I, I do have to side with uh, Jung, personally. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Alvi fight. That was probably his worst look in the UFC, losing the first two rounds to Alvi. But, uh, you know, his coach got in his ear. He he amped him up. He said, you're losing. And then Jung came forward and got a unanimous 10-8 round, I think, and beat Alvi up pretty badly. So even when the guy is losing fights, he knows he's losing, and he comes forward and, and makes up for that. And, um, you know, I just I, I have a hard time seeing Nzenjiku winning anyway outside of like a striking decision. There was a bit of an issue with the audio file for about 30 seconds here. So you missed the end of my Nzenjiku and Jung prediction. But I was definitely picking Jung to win that one. And I'm betting him as well there. And that's going to move us on to the next fight in the lightweight division where we have... Mark Diacasey as the minus 185 favorite with Rafael Alves coming back as the plus 160 underdog. Um, yeah. And crazy to think this guy was at 145 at one point too. Remember yeah. he was supposed to fight Saturday. Yes, huge guy, um, you know, coming off. He, he won on a contender series, was able to get that, I think, guillotine win over, uh, you know, that guy, guy Flores or, or Flor That's Alejandro. Him. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this is a guy, he is kind of the Yoel Romero mold, you know, tank of a guy, um, you know, very athletic, has some, you know, jujitsu back background, uh, and, and has a very good uh, guillotine choke, throws a lot of crazy kicks. I think he 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 was out for a while before that contender series fight from a bad uh, knee injury that I think he might have suffered, like celebrating uh, one of his wins. But he's the kind of guy where, you know, I don't love seeing a guy who's a jujitsu black belt or jujitsu background, and he has six submission losses. So, you know, of his uh, 10 losses, he's got finished in nine of them. Uh, and just kind of, I don't know, I don't know if it finds a way out or just finds himself in those bad positions where he ends up submitted. Um, but in the fight against Demir, if you watch it again, I think the narrative overall was a little bit worse uh, after watching that fight again for him. I thought that he actually did okay in the in the last two rounds. You know, I thought his gas was worse than what I remembered uh, in that fight. Demir didn't really do all that much. Um, and I think that even in that third round, you know, Alves was kind of controlling the round. He dropped him in the beginning of the first round. So uh, definitely put a damper on me, on, on me thinking Demir is very good. Uh, I was hoping that he wouldn't miss weight like you know in that fight uh, so he could have fought uh magomed or whatever his name is but um here against gia casey gia casey is a weird guy i know he's training at all stars now with like chamayev gustafson those guys uh in that uh fizia fight he stayed in there pretty well um you know it, it just i think he was not ready to be as quick on the counters uh and, and coming back at F fiziev as he's used to i think he's more used to guys like not 
you know, guys where he's he's a better athlete than he can land that half kick, which is probably his best weapon on the feet. Um, but if he's grappling, I think that if Alves is not like wilting, I think that he could have success here potentially. I don't really like him at this plus price just because he's kind of just unreliable. I'd probably just take him inside the distance if I liked him, even though uh, Jacasey's only been finished one time. Um, but Jacasey is a solid fighter. I can see why people would lay the juice with him. But now that it's getting close to minus 200 with a guy like Alves, who's super dynamic with kicks, punches, and submissions, I can't, uh, do it my, myself in, uh, in this spot because Jacasey, you know, sometimes can, you know, find himself in pretty bad trouble and dive into stuff if he is, you know, fight, fighting a little more wild. Yeah, I mostly agree with you there. I think maybe the early price on DKC was playable, uh, but now it's not. Um, Alves is just dynamic enough and explosive enough to, I think, to just keep this fight close at all moments. Uh, I definitely agree with your assessment of the Ismagulov fight. Uh, super underwhelming performance from uh, Demir there. Uh, but I did notice that Alves just spends a lot of time on bottom throughout a lot of his fights. A few of his pre-UFC fights, he spent some time on bottom there. I just think he's one of those like jujitsu guys who's kind of lazy with his takedown defense. Um, but D. Casey can wrestle. He's just not known for like a good top game. So I think even if he takes him down here, he could be at risk for, you know, getting caught in a guillotine or um, getting caught with some crazy submission off his back, possibly. So I, I question whether D. Casey's actually going to grapple here. I think that uh, if it stays standing, it will just be close based on that one big moment from Alves, that big kick or punch, that blitzing attack like he hurt uh, Demir with early on. So I just think that Alves' athleticism and explosiveness is going to keep this fight close in some aspects, and it's going to be kind of a narrow decision win for D. Casey. So I'm not you know, in love with uh, laying the chalk on him at this price, and I'd probably say take a stab on maybe... Uh, Maybe Alves no scorecards. What is that at? Um, I imagine it's 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 juice, but uh, no, it's only minus one twenty. So, um, you know, I think that could be a play uh, here because I just think that DKC is probably not going to finish him. Um, but like you said, he has been finishing nine out of ten of his losses, so maybe not the best one. Um, not a fight I'm I'm really inspired by or looking forward to. Um, that's going to bring us along to the women's flyweight division in the next fight where we have Courtney Casey minus 235, Liana Jojua plus 200. Jojua, a fan favorite, um, you know, good looking girl, but unfortunately she can't fight. And uh, the only thing that she has really in her arsenal is arm bars off her back. And honestly, she could still win the fight uh, with an arm bar off her back here. But seeing as Courtney Casey is a guard armbar specialist of her own right, I feel like she can, you know, see that attack coming and be able to avoid it. And honestly, Casey's kind of decent everywhere. Like she's a decent striker who can put up volume. She can even hit takedowns and keep top position. She's a decent overall grapple. I think she's a brown butt or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm just not really seeing much of a path to victory for Jojua here. I, I really do think the woman is pretty terrible at all aspects of MMA. And I just don't see any like reliable way for her to win the fight. Casey's got more process. She probably should have got that decision win against Aldrich. I'm pretty sure the majority of people scored that fight for Courtney Casey. Um, so I think Casey honestly does have the potential to cover minus 235 here. Um, so I'll be picking Casey decision. Um, maybe Casey's submission is worth a stab. At, I think plus 800. So what are your thoughts on this high level affair? No, I don't 500. I don't have too much on this fight. I mean, Courtney Casey is no like. I mean, the only direction I could look is in the Joe Drew side. Um, Courtney Casey's nine and nine for a reason in her UFC career. Um, not very urgent. Um, can get grappled. 
you know, I don't know what her training situation is. I think she was at the MMA lab, but she's two and seven in, in decisions, which is just absolutely awful. Um, even though that JJ fight was a little bit closer than I think, uh, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people scored it for her. Um, I thought Joe Jua looked a little bit better than I remembered in that Maverick fight, even though she ran into that elbow and it was like a mercy women's MMA stoppage. But, you know, I think she could be, she could be a lot better here because she has been training with a lot of girls. I see her traveling all over the place. She must have some nice money behind her because she's all over, you know, every, in everybody's camp. East Coast, West Coast, down South, doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, I'll probably outside with her if I were to bet it. But, you know, big pass for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that if you want to bet Joe Jewel, you should probably just do it by submission. I, I can't see her doing I mean, I know I get what you're saying. Casey, not reliable. But I really do think she could just hit takedowns and easily cover uh, minus 235 here. But I, the, not a fight that I'll be betting. The over is only 200 here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I think that the the guard armbar is the only path to a finish early on here. But you know, women's MMA, it's always there. Yeah. And uh, that's going to move sure. us along. Next fight, women or uh, men's featherweight division, where we have Sean Woodson as a pretty considerable favorite. Um, looking for the odds here. I think he's oh yeah, there he is, minus three thirty five. Anglin plus two seventy five. Um, I think this is a little wide. This line. Um. You know, Sean Woodson is a boxer. He really doesn't get the fight to the floor much. And uh, he does have good output, um, throws a lot of straight punches, throws some good knees up the middle. But I don't think the guy has much power behind his punches. Um, he's beat up a few guys pretty badly before and was not able to finish them. Um, so if Woodson is winning fights, it typically is a, de a decision. And I just think Anglin can kind of hang in there in all aspects. I think his contender series fight was a good showing for him. I thought he showed good cardio, the ability to hit uh, takedowns and uh, you know implement a grappling game plan, which he's probably going to want to do here against Woodson because uh, Woodson is the sharper striker. He probably does have some issues with the straight punch of Woodson, so England's going to be looking to grapple, and I just think this guy is tough. He, he's gritty. He can maybe get the fight into the takedowns, uh, but Woodson's takedown defense does, you know, continue to improve. He stuffed a lot of uh, Zalal's takedowns, but that was an extremely narrow 29-28 decision that Woodson won there against Zalal, and Zalal is just kind of a weaker grappler. I, I don't think that uh, Anglin is much better than Zalal. I just think that he could have some of that same success where he's pushing him against the cage, maybe getting some brief takedowns. And I just think plus 275 is a little too wide here. So I, I'd say uh, Anglin worth a small, you know, half unit stab uh, value bet on his money line. And uh, he could make this decision pretty close. What are you thinking about this fight, Ozzy? Uh, you know, I think Woodson's a pretty interesting fighter. He moves, uh, you know, like a, you know, very snakish, um, you know, he, you know, he's jabbing you, hitting you with uppercuts. Like, you know, I love that fight against Zalal that he had where, you know, he just showed a pretty, um, you know, pr just pretty smart. I just thought that overall, you know, with how he fought that fight, even after the first round where Zalal is a very cerebral fighter, he approaches the fights, um, you know, very point based and it's hard to sometimes outpoint him. Um, Anglin does train with Zalal. I think he does also train at Factory X. Um, I'm not high on England. Like, I don't think he's a good wrestler. You know, I don't think he has great power on the feet, but he is, you know, he has, he is in good shape. He has good cardio. He has some wrestling background, um, you know, and if he does get on top, I do think he can hold some positions. 
Um, but I, I think that he is pretty reckless on the feet. If you look at that fight that he had against Naimov, um, you know, I think there's just certain points in there where he just wants to just go into a full-on brawl. And I think that would be an awful decision for him against Woodson. Obviously, I can't bet Woodson at this 335 number. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, that minus 260 was a little bit intriguing. Um, the over here, minus 210, uh, I don't know about that. You know, I think that... I, I don't know if Woodson's in the knockout England for sure, but I do think he will hurt England at some point. Um, and, you know, and probably get some top position from like England either dropping or something. I just think that he's going to clip this guy's chin uh, because England, he's just, he, he, like, he, he, he loses composure, you know, if he does get hit. And I think. I think this is a guy that shouldn't be in the UFC right now. Um, needs more seasoning, and Woodson just a much higher level than him. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised at seeing you know uh, England get a takedown, hold on to him, hold a clinch. But eventually, I do see Woodson piling on the volume and uh, hurting you know England, you know maybe to the body, you know, and then potentially finishing him. Really interesting. Um, I think I think mostly kind of you know just hit a good spot on the temple with that big head kick. And I thought he was kind of hanging in there uh, pretty well with Melsic before that. So I think uh decision uh, on this one, um, but I guess I could see it. Um, but I'm off. I'm him. I think I don't remember. I didn't, I don't have like notes to the fight. But I think he I did. Naimov was winning that fight until he gassed, but whatever, you know, yeah, he was, he was losing the striking early on to name off then started hitting some, uh, some takedowns. Um, and then Woodson's took over rounds two and three. Slippery bastard, man. He is just like very, very hard. Where you got you have a guy with leverage like that, you know, uh, against the cage and stuff. And you know, England just I don't think he's that good of a wrestler, so I think he's gonna have a hard time here. True, and but you did bring up a good point. Factory X does train uh Vince Peichel, Alex Hernandez, Jonathan Martinez, you know, some, some good training partners out there. So maybe England has improved. And uh, like I said, I still think I'll probably take a, a small bet on England here, especially if the price keeps going up on Woodson. Um, that's going to bring us to the next fight, women's flyweight division, one of your most anticipated fights in the card. We have Cynthia Calvillo as the minus 138 favorite, Andrea KGB Lee plus 118. You can start this one out. Yeah, so somehow, although everyone, everyone was on Andrea Lee in her last fight, somehow I lost money on that fight. I don't know what was going on with me that week. Uh, I think, you know, I, I must have brain fog. But conversely, with Cynthia Calvillo, I somehow was on her against uh, Jessica, and she totally shit the bed there. Now she's back. You know, I think it's only been like about five weeks, five, six weeks since that fight. Um, uh, Andrea, yep. Andrea Lee, career 125-er. You know, I think this is uh, Jessica or uh, uh, Cynthia's third fight here at 125. She's, you know... One fight there, the first fight, you know, Jessica, I missed weight, wasn't, you know, wasn't really ready. I think, you know, that, that prime time main event spot, you know, not, 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 not ready for that moment, you know, wilted under it, you know, Cynthia Calvillo after the first round was able to get takedowns, you know, just back her up and win that fight, you know, five round fight. But then her subsequent two fights, you know, against Chukagian did not attempt any takedowns, you know, some of her punches, I, I don't know, you know, just looking back at it now, I don't know what I was thinking about with that matchup with Andrade. Um, you know, but the thing is with Cynthia, you know, uh, in the matchup, let me just go more to the Andrea Lee side because Andrea Lee, you know, a lot of her, her grappling, it, I, I feel is pretty educated. She moves very well. She has some good wrestling, some, some wrestling of her own. I would not be surprised if she was able to take down Cynthia Calvillo, uh, in her own right. I don't really see Cynthia being able to land, uh, takedowns at will here at all. Uh, Andrea Lee has a very good get up game. She, go she has, 
you know, goes through really good underhooks around bottom. She's able to get up uh, very well and wrestle up from there and finish very, very well. Uh, both, you know, when, whenever, whichever side she, she is on uh, with wrestling uh, takedowns from there. And then in, in the clinch, you know, she has judo throws. You know, she's just a very educated grappler. Uh, I can't believe I, <laughs> I didn't have money on her against uh, Shevchenko. You know, she has trips. She has the, the, the main worry is, you know, she is a little nonchalant when she, and she does throw a lot of uh, kicks. And Cynthia Cavio is one of her strengths and one of the ways, only ways that she gets takedowns, or primary ways, I should say, is uh, catching these kicks and then finishing shelfing the leg, you know, hiking it up, you know, tripping that other leg, picking it, whatever it is. Um, But on bottom, I just don't, or on top, I just don't, think that she's going to be able to control uh andrea lee you know she gives up underhooks you know to hunt the the neck you know to go for like front headlocks guillotines go to the front turtle those underhooks will will ride up will will not stay on her knees and give up the back position and even if she does honestly some of her escapes i just think she, this girl is really smart i think if she gets on top of cynthia she's likely to hold her down and then i think on the feet you know she has i think a four a four inch reach advantage four or five inch reach advantage on uh cynthia she's bigger i think she is more diverse i think she is more accurate and the thing with cynthia some of these punches that she throws out you know they just they just come up so short like she's not really you know i remember when i was you know training a lot uh you know they teach you in your boxing you allowed to hit through the the pad you got to hit through the person you know especially when you're sparring or you're fighting you know and I, a lot of times when, when cynthia stone these shots if she had a knife you know instead of you know a punch they, like it wouldn't even stab the person you know some of these punches are so short or they're just not thrown with enough intent and power and i just think andrea lee is able to stifle her in in many aspects of the fight uh mix it up and you know hopefully and win a decision here so i'm kind of surprised that it's at a plus money uh price here action is also coming in on cynthia so i think people are seeing that she catches kicks and isn't probably gonna be able to take uh, Andrea Lee down and hoping that she's going to be able to hold him down. But, you know, most of her fights, if she doesn't get like a back position or something like that, uh, you know, it's not really, there's not that much grappling going on. Yeah, I always liked Andrea Lee. Um, not the biggest fan of Calvillo. And I think that the public opinion of Calvillo is kind of similar to uh, Mackenzie Dern, kind of similar to um, Aspen Lad, where they're good on top. They're thought as uh, their their best moments are finishing fights on top, but they're they're striking. Their footwork is choppy. Their takedowns, their wrestling arsenal just isn't that deep. And I think that's another example of what we see with Calvillo here. Uh, when she get, does get on top of women like Botello um, or Pearl Gonzalez, or all, some of the women that she was able to finish, she does look good, but she just doesn't have a huge arsenal of takedowns. The the most common takedown is she gets is typically catching a kick like Ozzy said um, now I did have a little more concerns about Andrew Lee's bottom game than Ozzy he sounds a little more optimistic uh, she has lost in my opinion uh, several fights due to getting taken down in lazy fashion uh, the most notable one would be the, the Lauren Murphy fight I think she won about 12 minutes of that fight uh, but she got taken down at the ends of the rounds and those stupid judges in Texas were impressed by that and they gave the rounds to Lauren Murphy and I just think that she does that often. She did that versus uh, Roxanne Matafari in the third round, too. Uh, she struggled in round one versus Roxy. She adapted well, was out striking Roxy for like eight minutes straight. And then the last two minutes of round three, she gets taken down twice and ends the round on her back and loses the fight. So 
she can do that at times. She can put together a good round where she's pumping out volume. She she has very good volume on the feet. I mean, she's always pumping out jabs and leg kicks and all types of, of diverse striking offense. Um, but she just can't really keep the, keep it together for the full five minutes here. So it is a very concerning matchup considering that when Lee gets on top or when Lee ends on bottom, she could be stuck there for, for multiple minutes. But I think the striking advantage pretty clearly goes to Andrea Lee here. I think she's not only the more technical striker, but as I was mentioning, that volume is much better. And as long as Andrea Lee can stay off bottom here, I think that she should be good uh, to win the fight. And I think that Calvillo's wrestling isn't good enough to get consistent takedowns here, especially to line her as a minus 135 favorite. So I think the, the value is on Andrea Lee here as well. Um, I think... Um, the market could be a little low on Calvillo. It's a shame we didn't get this fight maybe a few months earlier. Uh, we could have gotten maybe plus 130 or higher on Andrea Lee. Um, so I think the market's a little low on Calvillo. I mean, it was not less than a year ago. She was minus 235 over Caitlin Chukagian. And now uh, we see her close odds with the Andrew Lee. So uh, I like Lee in the spot. I'm not quite as confident as Ozzy, but I think I will end up with a bet on her uh, at that plus money price. Anything yeah, you want to Yeah, what you say is true. You know, definitely there's been some spots where she's ended up on bottom. And then she goes right into a judo throw, you know, right off of it. So there's definitely some spots where she could put herself into trouble and Cynthia can capitalize. But I think that she just has, if she quirks it a little bit and, you know, builds off of that win uh, against Shevchenko, which was a pretty dominant performance, you know, I think that this girl has, you know, she has potential to, to be, you know, top five easily between in, in this division. And I also think that both Lauren Murphy and Roxy I'm not going to say they're way stronger than Cynthia because obviously I've never felt them, but I just think that, you know, both those <laughs> girls are career 125, 135ers um, and are, definitely have some physicality over uh, Cynthia, where Cynthia, she a lot of times girls get get up and get, get, get out from under her. Um, I feel, um, mm -hmm. and, and, and she kind of, she's more of a finesse wrestler where like Roxy and, and, uh, Lauren Murphy, they're like really gritty and, you know, they're pushing in and they're going for underhooks and they're just trying to smash you in, in, in into the clinch and stuff. Whereas Cynthia is a little bit more, you know, technique based. So, but I it do should agree be a good fight. That. It should be a good fight. I think. Yeah. Roxy's a better overall grappler than Calvio is. And Murphy probably has better takedowns too. So, um, you know, the, those were, you know, weak moments, but I don't think they exactly necessarily translate to Calvillo having success. Um, even Marina Rodriguez was able to escape by bottom from Calvillo. I just um, think that Andre Lee is going to be able to land on the feet, man. Like, I, I just yep. feel that the, the Cynthia, you know, she tries to jab and, like, move her head and do. But Andrea Lee, she has very good head movement and she has good intercepting strikes. And I just hope she doesn't throw too many kicks. Like, throw some head kicks. No, no body she, kicks. And she does. I think she does think too much. I think he might have mentioned that earlier. She just looks like a fighter who has a lot of like stuff going on in her in her ears and her head a lot of coaches telling her different things and she kind of overthinks in there a little bit let's go tony um, kelly ride this woman to to uh to victory come on oh what are they dating now right yeah I think Andrew, together for a while that's good stuff we like tony kelly on, on the podcast he's a good guy good fighter um next fight last prelim fight lightweight division tiago moises as a considerable favorite minus 248 joel alvarez plus 208 um I don't think Alvarez is any good. I mean, most of this guy's wins, I think like all of his wins have come by submission. Most of them are, you know, guillotines, arm bars, triangles off of low level guys. And he might be getting a little bit better. I think his striking looked uh, a slightly improved versus Joe Duffy, but I just don't see anywhere where he's going to 
present problems for Moises. I mean, Moises is, is the better striker, fought better competition, and the area where Alvarez is best at submissions, Moises is like a third-degree black belt um, who is going to be, you know, nearly impossible to submit. I mean, it would have to be some crazy shit for, for Alvarez to, to sub Moises here. And I just think Moises is the better fighter everywhere. Um, more experienced, better striker, um, you know, can probably hit takedowns and keep top position and avoid those guard submissions with, with ease. So uh, I think Moises probably covers easily here and wins a decision. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, so I mean, both these guys are kick heavy, especially Alvarez on the feet. You know, I do think, you know, Moises, you know, I, some of these fight. I would assume that his game plan here is to get takedowns here, to shoot in on Alvarez. Alvarez is pretty lazy. You know, he'll go for the he'll go for the choke. He'll go for the submission um, when he's going to his back. But on the feet, even though Moises has shown me finding high level guys that he's willing to stay in the pocket, throw counters back. Um, you know, and he, you know, he hasn't get on blown out by anybody on the feet. It's just some of the punches that he throws, like if you're there, yeah, it'll, you know, it'll hurt and he'll land with power, but some of these punches, like they're very short, like, you know, the, where you need to be in the pocket with him and Alvarez having, uh, I think a six inch reach advantage here, I think could both hurt or help him because sometimes when you're so tall, you know, some of these punches, you know, they, they end up, you know, just clipping you barely on the chin. Um, because you know, because the the height of where, where they're just throwing those punches, whereas a punch on a normal size guy might hit him in like the forehead or something. Um, so seven I think, inches of reach. Yeah, tons of tons of reach. You know, I think the kicks should be big for Alvarez. I think he throws pretty uh, pretty solid with those kicks. I just don't know his training background. I, don't think I, can't lie. I do like his his ground game though. That armbar he caught on Yakovlev. I don't know why more people don't go for that Fedor. Uh, you know, Fedor style armbar. Back in my day, my first three amateur fights, I finished every all three guys. I armbarred them. Uh, similar. Did you get to taken that. down? Uh, it was like no. It would be like scrambles. Like I'd be like one time I was like on I was like going to mount and the guy like bridge and then right when I hit my back I I, I threw up an armbar and then one of the other times like I went for like a triangle from on top and ended up on my with back. the shin guards on too right. One of them, two of them with shin guards. One of them without the shin guards. That's impressive. That makes it even more impressive. Yeah, very, very tough, very difficult. Um, but here, I mean, I, this price though, I mean, I'm not interested in Moises at all, just because you know I think that Alvarez could be able to be uh, uh, Moises very com uh, confident going on the back foot and countering, and if Alvarez is able to keep him back, throw some straight kicks out there, throw some leg kicks out there, and try to proactively wrestle i think maybe he could give moises some issues here i think this price is just a little too wide if i'm not confident that moises goes in on the legs but he is a pretty smart fighter so i i will give him i will give him the benefit of the doubt but i think that the over here is probably the best bet for me i don't think that uh alvarez would be able to submit uh moises and i think this over or goes distance at less than you know a dollar fifth or less than minus 200 150 170 for goes distance i think it's not bad because uh uh alvarez decent chin i think even though he has all these submissions if you don't submit you, i mean he's not going to get a knockout and i think that he is not going to get knocked out by moises either so i think the goes distance should be all right but probably a pass fight overall for me um unless you know on the live line maybe uh alvarez gets out to a lead yeah, I, I agree. Goes the distance under 
it's minus one forty six on Fanduel. If you have access to that, that's good. I mean, uh, that's that would mean this fight finishes forty percent of the time. That's that's wrong. Um, and one last uh, take on this fight: I think Alvarez could be one of the worst fighters in recent memory to be on a three fight UFC win streak. Uh, like for this guy to win three fights in the UFC in a row, that's is crafty. Too- I don't know. I think you should give him. I mean, some of the stuff that he like in that fight against the Italian dude. Where you know he like off balances him in the beginning of the uh, the end of the first round and then puts him in the, him in the triangle or that wrist grab. I mean, I know he's like a little noodly and weird, but you know the guy he finds submissions, he finds you know finishes, and I think you know some of the transition stuff that he does is unorthodox. Although Moises is obviously more traditional and you know, much, but Moises does dumb things too. Like you seen the Bobby Green fight and in the Islam fight, he like gets the takedown. He's running around to the back and he gets flipped right over the top, like he's a like he's a white belt. It's very weird. So I think that there's some holes too in Tiago's game. You know, if I'm being honest, that I think that if Alvarez is just an avalanche. Like if you let him latch onto something, this guy's strong. Didn't make weight last time, so that's another thing. Was five pounds off or four pounds off last time when they weighed in. So something to to look at. But Moises should be stronger here. Should be able to push him backwards when he does go to the front foot, and he should be able to scoop up double legs uh, pretty easily. All right, that's going to take us on the main card. Probably the best fight on the entire card, in my opinion, in the bantamweight division. Probably one, probably the best division in the entire UFC. We got China's Song Yudong minus 145, New York City Zone plus 125 on Julio Arce. Is he uh, a Queens guy, uh, Ozzy? He is a Queens guy. He is a Queens guy. Nice, nice. Well, uh, you could start this one off then, seeing as he's a Queens uh, guy. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, awesome fight here. I think, you know, Yudong has been ranked uh, for most weeks, but I think this week is not ranked, which is usually weird. UFC usually bumps up guys when they're about to have a fight into the rankings. Um, you know, another southpaw for uh, Song to fight last time against Kenny looked impressive to me. Overall was moving pretty well in that fight, was able to um, stop most of the takedowns, was able to not let Kenny uh, land too too big on him uh, or, you know, control the fight, whether it be on the clinch or on the ground. But I think in in the smaller cage, uh, you know, you saw a lot of movement there from 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 Yudong. And I, in, in the smaller cage, I think it will benefit Arce. I think the, the, the main thing that I love about Arce is, one, he's moving down. He's moved down to 135. That was his natural weight for, for, for most of his career. Uh, he had, like, a few fights in uh, Ring of Combat. I think specifically, I don't know if it was the first or the second Brian Kelleher fight, but I think he missed weight, if I remember from the the gossip, you know, I'm just from the New York fight scene. He like missed weight, lost decision. They were like, all right, we need a rematch. Cause like the decision was bad or, you know, my weight cut was bad and he got guillotined. Um, but, but after those fights, I think he, he felt he was just cutting too much weight. Should just do 145. And he's had a lot of success there. He's lost three decisions. Um, two of them, I think split. I thought he won that Hakeem fight, but overall, I think, you know, him out here at 135, his cardio looked pretty good against Andre, uh, Ewell, uh, his, his, uh, speed, I thought looked good. Uh, his power definitely, uh, came down with him. Uh, and this guy's just a very diverse striker. He has a good, uh, left high kick, uh, great jab, former golden gloves. I don't know if he won the golden gloves here in New York, but he was definitely in it. Uh, I think on more than one occasion did very well. Um, I've seen him spar with, uh, very good boxers as well hold his own um you know he has a very educated uh jab you know throws and he's just if you look, watch his tempo he once he gets the timing the the fight you can see how anxious 
uh, Yule was, where because Arce just completely turned on the whole fight, where every time Andre would throw, uh, Arce would be able to land a, a counter shot. And you saw that in that last left hand that he landed uh, when he stunned him. It was a, a perfect counter over the top left left hand. You know, the angles that I think that Arce takes and Yadong a lot of times, some of these punches that he's throwing in, doesn't have too much on the jab on the on the left hand side, and then I think uh, kick wise, I think Arce should be able to use them. And then if he ever does uh, grapple, Arce very high level black belt on the ground. Um, you know, I think that clinch takedowns are probably the most likely outcome for him if he does uh, get this to the mat. Um, but Yudong, you saw in the end of the third round against Kenny, flat on his back there. Uh, you know, right there at the end. Um, I think Arce, if he does get uh, on top of him, he's gonna land some very very good ground and pound. I know this guy has has legit ground and pound. I think he'll be able to advance position on uh, Song Yudong, and I do not think that a finish is out of the question if he is able to get get on top. So I, I think Arce here stays behind his guard, very educated when he is jabbing, when he is throwing his cross to roll, keep keep one hand high, uh, uh, or the offside uh, guarded Yudong opposite. He'll throw from his hips, he'll throw the right cross, and he'll bring the left hand from his pocket. Um, so I think that Arce should be able to close the door on some uh, some combinations, uh, out volume song, and uh, hopefully win a decision. But if you can get this to the mat, I do like uh, him to uh, potentially find a finish. Song is a hell of an athlete, and I think he, he is a good fighter. I think he, he uses his attributes pretty well. Um, I just don't think that there's a whole lot of high level thinking and you know adaptations going on when he's in the middle of a fight you know meanwhile you have Arce who obviously gave a detailed background of him former golden gloves but this guy has a deep amateur MMA background and he also has you know 10 12 fights in the the PA New York New Jersey regional scene and has been facing like good competition for well over a decade straight. And I just think it really speaks in, in his fights. The guy can adapt well. He can make mid fight reads. Even when he's, you know, getting hurt, getting dropped by Shaman Marais, he's able to get on a back tick and make that fight extremely close. And even in the past, you know, five, six years, he's only lost two fights. And both of them were against, you know, big skilled strikers at 145. And they were both split decision losses. So he made both fights close. And I just think that it's, you know, extremely hard to blow Arce out of the water. I mean, even those fights that he lost, like I just mentioned, the uh, Dawadu and Marais fights, did Marais and Dawadu look minus 145? I'm not, I'm not really sure, honestly. So I think having Song, who is, you know, mostly an athletic, um, athletically reliant fighter as the favorite over Arce it is wrong, honestly. I think that Arce is just uh, a, a more diverse, educated fighter who's going to be able to make uh, more in-fight reads. And I think he's the better grappler than Yadong as well. I think that he could be getting a takedown here, maybe get some back take time. As Ozzy mentioned, uh, Yadong doesn't do too well off of his back. And I think the fight could just look similar to the Marlon Vera fight against Yadong, where um, I just think Arce is going to be putting some pressure on him, getting him on the back foot, getting him a little uncomfortable, and just mixing up uh, his striking from that southpaw stance, you know, to the head, to the body, to the leg. And I think we're going to see Arce show his his deeper arsenal uh, on the ground, on the feet, and uh, just show that he's more the more educated, experienced fighter and win this fight probably by decision, honestly. So I like Arce here as well. Already bet him plus one thirty five, and I'm looking to make it, you know, maybe a little bit more. Uh, let's see where this line goes. Hopefully the money keeps coming in on Song Yudong. Um, you know, if you guys are interested in, in Bednarse as well, I would say just wait till the day of the fight. Hopefully that Yudong money comes in. 
maybe some China money comes in and uh, we get a better price on RSA. Um, so, so we're in agreement with that one and uh, it's going to move us on to the next fight. Another incredible fight, welterweight division, uh, Miguel Baeza coming off his first loss as a professional, minus 135, taking on Chaos Williams, plus 115. Uh, I guess I'll start this one off. Um, just want to give credit to Baeza off the rip for his fight against uh, Ponzinibbio. Uh, I thought that is, I think that is the best fight all year. I know we've had a lot of incredible fights, uh, but just rewatching that one today, uh, incredible, incredible fight. All three rounds were competitive, high action. And uh, even though Baeza lost that fight, I still think his stock rose a lot there. I mean, we had some questions about Baeza, his durability. We saw him get rocked by Matt Brown. We saw his chin improve. We saw, you know, pretty much everything improve. So I think Baeza is good. Uh, I think the guy has potential. And uh, Williams um, was kind of high rolled his entire MMA career off of two quick knockouts. And I think um, he's kind of been, you know, a little exposed in his past two fights as if he can't get that early round one knockout that touch of death power like he did on Razak and uh Morono then the guy isn't too skilled of a fighter we saw him struggle against Pereira getting taken down there his volume isn't that great and in the Semmelsberger fight I just I just saw him spamming you know three or four hard punch combinations at Semmelsberger it just didn't seem like he had good shot selection it didn't seem like he really thought about where the punches were going he was just hitting as hard as he could and you know the dumbass judges saw him swinging hard and punching the arms of Semmelsberger and they thought that he won that fight but I didn't I saw Semmelsberger counter punching I saw him outboxing uh, Williams and I thought that, honestly, Williams lost his last fight, uh, lost his past two fights, honestly. Um, so I think that I give the advantage to Baezi here. I, I do lean him at this price, especially. I think you could be getting a little bit of a generous price on Baeza. Um especially considering Baeza's defense. His chin looked better in the last fight. You got to think that the biggest concern is Williams comes out and, and rocks him and knocks him out in round one. But the longer the fight goes, I think it favors Baeza. Uh, I like Baeza's leg kicks. The guy smashes that calf. He can hit takedowns and keep top position. We saw that on Sato. He was able to submit him. And Williams has been taken down in the regionals. He got taken down by Pereira, as I mentioned. So uh, the striking could be close here. But when you add in that leg kick, uh, when you add in the grappling advantage for um, Baeza, I think he does have a pretty comfortable advantage here. So I would cap Baeza. Honestly, minus 170, minus 190 here. So I think the line could be a bit short and there could be some value on Baeza. So interested to see your thoughts on this one, Ozzy. What are you thinking about this one? You know, real real interesting fight here between two uh, good welterweight prospects, you know, that, that have fought good competition now to this point. Um, you know, Williams, how he comes in, he, you know, he's blitzing in, he's throwing, you know, uh, two two one twos, one two ones, you know, straight punches, and then you know maybe a loopy shot every now and then, uh, and and, and looks to get off on you, um, you know, just in quick succession, you know, off the of counters or off the, you know, timing, you know, when he wants to go. Uh, he's not much of a counter fighter. Uh, he's not much of a like a guy who's gonna like move off to you know move off to an angle you know and, and land a punch on you um it's more of a blitzing attack uh you know this guy's super strong um and i think that baeza there are opportunities for a guy like chaos to land on him 
you know, in, in, in some of these exchanges. If you see Baeza, you know, he, he did catch uh, a lot of punches or he does catch a lot of punches with like that high guard that he throws up. And, you know, he, he doesn't exactly shoulder roll, but he kind of like turns and, you know, uh, gets those high hands to his guard and, you know, is moving with punches a lot. But a lot of times there you're kind of giving up one side if the, you know, if the, um, guy that you're fighting is uh cognizant of you know the next opportunity that comes but the thing with chaos is he's not really to me he doesn't aim his punches very well he just kind of like blitzing them out there like he says semmelsberger blocked a lot of them on his arms uh and then after the, the that initial success that i feel chaos had i think semmelsberger you know after a while was like oh okay like you know i can get hit by this guy and not fall down and he started getting, you know, more confident. And you see in that third round, even, and maybe in that second half of the third round, he's kind of like saying like, oh, come on, let's go, let's fight. Um, but, but you know, but it was like a little bit too little too late, even though I was on mat there. Um, so, you know, I think, like you said, Baeza can shoot in on the legs. Once he, if he does get it to the ground, uh, he for sure has a, a, a distinct advantage. The submission prop on Baeza is likely sharp because if there is a takedown that occurs or any kind of scramble, I feel that Chaos will just eject Osito. Like he'll just try to get up, you know, with like giving his back, giving up uh, bad positioning, and Baeza will uh, look to capitalize from there. Um, and, you know, both these guys have been in some wars. So I'm really curious to see it. Um, I think that uh, Baeza should be, if he's smart, he'll, he'll try to time a takedown. Uh, eventually, Chaos did look like he did not like too many light kicks when either i don't know if it was in the Pereira fight or the semmelsberger fight one of them hit him in the calf and he didn't look like he liked it too much um so i think it'll be a good scrap i think chaos does have some skills but overall by is a i think is the rightful favorite um if he is, does not get connected clean with a clean on the chin i think he should pull away with this uh, with this fight late um just with the light kicks body kicks and hopefully takedowns accumulating um but you know i wouldn't be surprised to seeing also like this fight being a little more boring where uh maybe it's chaos you know maybe getting hit a little bit on the outside early and then looking to clinch you know and and, and push baeza back and hold him against the fence and you know i, I don't think Baez is a, a a great submission hunter in terms of like guillotines or from his back so you know and, and he is a little not he's not thin but chaos is definitely i would say a stronger guy so i wouldn't be surprised to seeing chaos like i don't know maybe try to mix in a takedown you know here or there um but he's mostly just punches and you know not much else so i but there is respected money that i know on chaos williams for what it's worth interesting um that's going to move us along to the next fight women's featherweight division probably the best division in the ufc uh cancel what i said earlier about men's bantamweight that dwells in comparison to women's featherweight where we have felicia spencer at minus 315 D did you guys hear that right felicia spencer at minus 315 leah lets in plus 255 um you can start your thought your thoughts out on this once your turn to go coming off that fight against Dumont where you know she just accomplished nothing in that fight uh didn't even finish a takedown overall you know the takedown that she got on uh Dumont in the in the end of the third round was uh Dumont basically falling over off a judo trip and the thing with um Spencer is she's just incredibly slow you know she I think she's looking for ideas when she's fighting because she she knows that she's outmatched a lot of times. So in that Dumont fight, she's like switching to southpaw. She's like throwing these karate kicks that are very, very slow and, you know, gets her punched in the face a few times. And there's just not a lot of good sub, like uh, content or substance in her game. 
her hands are slow. She has no power. Um, she doesn't have overwhelming cardio or pace. Uh, I'm hearing her interviews uh, during during the media week. She's saying like, uh, you know, my head wasn't there during the fight, yada, yada, yada. You know, all these things, just bad, bad signs. You know, I don't think that she should have ever been uh, favored over, you know, most of these girls, you know, to be honest. And, you know, even when she does get fights to the ground, if she gets is able to find a dominant position yes she could progress it but these girls that she's doing it against are very very bad they're just not good fighters and you saw when she was on on top against dumont did not accomplish anything i don't think she passed her guard at all and then she when she was on her back she's like you know fishing for a kimura or you know not doing anything very well from her back let's in you know she was on the ultimate fighter like three years ago fought bia malecki there um legendary bet legendary Bia Malecki, the, the no face filler anymore, uh, Bia Malecki, <laughs> uh, you know, me and, almost, me and Ozzy follow, uh, the career no, of no, Bia no, Malecki no, very no, closely. No, no, that she's done. Um, but, but, uh, <laughs> what was I saying? She, uh, she almost got re-naked choked by Bia Malecki, but overall, I think that this girl, uh, is a Southpaw has a good left hand has not, Good hand speed, just decent hand speed for a division. Um, has an ed educated left hand. If you've seen that, she channels her inner crow cop, which, you know, some people that listen to this podcast probably don't even know who crow cop is, which is just incredibly sad. <laughs> uh, but she throws out that double attack. You know, she comes out with that left and then comes bink, binks her with that left high kick, uh, which was pretty, pretty nice. So I think overall, if, uh, Spencer, like she doesn't have any leg attacks for takedowns, so she's gonna have to get this to the clinch. Um, Letson, I don't think is that bad of a grappler. She's a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, she moves pretty well. She's not the dumbest on the mat. You know, she, she like I think if she ends up on her back, I don't think this is a uh, you know uh, over. Um, and I think if they're scrambling, I think that she she makes actually good decisions overall. And then if this is on the feet, I think she should piece Spencer up. I don't think Spencer's ever fought against a southpaw. Um, I don't. She doesn't deal with kicks well at all uh she turns away from punches she has no jab she has no counters so i don't see how this is a, if you guys don't don't understand what i'm saying like how this is a minus 300 is a plus 260 on uh leah so it's a definitely a bet for me probably a multi-unit bet overall i wouldn't be surprised if this closed like under like 210 i would say um maybe 200 because it just I mean, Spencer is what four, two and four in decisions. I think I had pulled up here. What's her record? It's a terrible record in decisions. And what do you like? You expect that she's definitely going to submit Leah? Yeah, she's two and two and three in decisions. Terrible record there. Um, just has a bigger name. Casuals are betting her, or, or casuals set the line, and they don't know or watch Leah. I guess you know Leah's been out a, a ton of time. Um, but I think that she has a very good chance to uh, to get her second UFC win uh, here against uh, Alicia Spencer. Yeah, I mean, sure, it might be a little concerning. Leah, um, three year layoff, you know, only five or six fights in the U or in, in her MMA career, honestly. But when you watch the tape, I mean, I I don't think that Leah is that bad. Uh, you know, watching her her tough fights. I see her coming forward. She seems to have a concept of pressuring. She knows how to pump out volume. She's a southpaw for one. And I feel like um, Spencer just hasn't faced many southpaws. Like, do you really think that like she's boxed and sparred striking against no, many southpaws? Because I don't. Maybe I one. Don't. Maybe one. Yeah, maybe, maybe they one. brought in one. Maybe they bring in one. 
you know, they are in Florida. So, um, and she comes from that, that Taekwondo background and, and she just, she can throw out some flashy kicks. I'm talking about Spencer now, um, some like spinning kicks and bullshit like that. But she, the woman can't box. She really has no idea how to throw a punch. And I think when the fight is on the feet, uh, as I said in my tweet earlier today, the 26 people like shout out to all you that Lee Letson is going to give her a southpaw boxing lesson when this fight is on the feet. It really becomes a matter of can um, Letson stop the takedowns. And considering that Felicia Spencer, one, doesn't attempt a whole lot of takedowns, two, isn't that good of a wrestler. I think you got to side with the dog here, you know. Maybe even as like a straight up pick. Like, I mean, who really cares about picks? All we're talking about is bets. But I mean, she's do- definitely worth a bet at plus two fifty five because she's she's the favorite on the feet, in my opinion. It all comes down to takedown defense. And when I see Felicia shooting takedowns, she shoots some slow double leg. If that doesn't work, she goes up to the body lock and tries to hit a body lock clinch. And even Zara Farron was able to stuff one or two of her takedown attempts before getting taken down. So. Like Ozzy said, she's a purple butt on the ground. She's been training this entire time uh, when she's been off. Uh, Had a few canceled fights back in 2019. Uh, I just think, you know, all the stars are kind of aligning here. We're getting a a gift of a line on Leah Letson plus 265, something like that now. Decision plus 400? Hmm? I mean, the fight is, the over two and a half is minus 240. And uh, like I told you, Felicia Spencer's record in decisions is two and three. And the odds have her at at uh basically her winning four out of five decisions. That would be basically right. I'm all her. over Leah. I'm all yeah. over Leah. I mean, yeah, it, um, it, it could be you know Leah trains with like a really small gym, but her ass what basically by you know just having a more high profile fight. So, uh, yeah, I mean she's three, she's three, one in three in her last four fights, and they're the losses to Zara, Aaron, like the I mean, win, yeah. The way, she, the I mean, she's yeah. gonna. I mean, she does deserve a little bit of, of slack fighting Cyborg and Nunes, you know, yeah, but, and, and Dumont. Honestly, I mean, all, all three of those women would would stop Letson to bits and pieces. But still, it's what she showed. It's not even. I don't. I think you can throw those three fights out of the window. Maybe Norma is the only moderately relevant one. But I mean, even in the fights that she won, I think she's shown a lot of concerns. And I just think that you know, outside of getting some really easy takedown in top position here, I just don't see any way she's gonna look minus three hundred. Three to one is crazy. Minus three hundred yeah. is crazy. It's just legitimately crazy. Because, like I said, like if she consists, if she get, can you depend on her to get a takedown every round and. I mean, her cardio doesn't look good. She's slow. Like, she's never like she she's never shown a really good. Ch- I mean, uh, every time that she was coming into the space of Dumont, it was looking like she didn't think that Dumont could even was allowed to hit her. Like, there was no defensive movement, you know, from this girl. I don't know. I think that, and that's only six months ago. I think Leah's in a whipper ass. So, yep. Southpaw boxing lesson plus two fifty five. Book plus your action now. Plus 255. Uh, if it loses, you know, if it loses, don't be mad. It's plus 255. Speaking of plus 255, next fight is in the heavyweight division, co-main event. Uh, the year is 2021, and this is the co-main event of a UFC fight night. We have Ben Rothwell as the minus 172 favorite, Marcus Hojiro de Lima, plus 147. And, you know, I'm seeing a few people we know, you know, on Lima in this, in this spot, and I, I get... I get, you know, betting against Rothwell plus money, you know, that does seem, you know, it's not a hard bet to make to bet against Rothwell plus money um, because the guy does seem to be, you know, 
depleting, looking possibly worse and worse in each fight. Um, but the guy did just finish Chris Barnett, who we all know is a, a generational talent at this point. But uh, going back and rewatching that Rothwell fight against Barnett, I still think the guy is is there enough to 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 win this fight against Dalim, honestly. If you look at Dalima's past three wins, I think all of them have come by getting takedowns, um, getting some top time, uh, besides the Ben Sassoli knockout, who he knocked out in like 90 seconds. Um, but a lot of his fights come from getting top, uh, getting a takedown and getting some top position that he can keep for a long period of time. Ben Rothwell has a lot better takedown defense than the guys that Dalima has been out wrestling. And if the fight stays in the feet, sure, Dalima has a small chance to crack him. I mean, Delima does swing big, hard punches, but you know, the amount of footage of Rothwell has striking is just so, so much more. I mean, the guy has a lot of, of uh, footage um, in the UFC recently that you just can't really point to for Delima. Um, and the last thing I'll say is Delima or Rothwell has only been taken down one time in the past eight years, spanning across 10 fights spanning across almost two hours of UFC fight time. He hasn't been finished in like 10 years or something like that. So if you're betting Delima here, take Delima by decision. I think I actually will end up on this bet. A plus 500 for Delima by decision. Uh, I think that's off. I think the, the goes the distance in general here at plus 150 is off. Uh, that could be even money for all uh, I care. So I lean Ben Rothwell, definitely not going to be betting his money line. And, uh, I think I'll be on Delima by decision, honestly. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, this is my least favorite fight on the card overall. You know, I I know Delima or Lima smashed, um, you know, Maurice Green. I mean, Maurice Green just, I mean, just a clown. Like, just wasn't, <laughs> I mean, sorry to say, I don't like saying that, but just wasn't trying to get up at all. Like, doesn't dig an underhook at all. You know, I thought that he, he came into that fight 13 pounds lighter than the Greg Hardy fight, um, but just looked just as slow, which is an impressive feat. You know, Delima, on the other hand, he'd been, get, he'd been getting up there in weight. You know, he was like 150, 258, 255. You know, last fight, 265, you're saying? Five definitely cut weight to make that limit. Um, has not really fought a guy like Ben Rothwell. Like Ben Rothwell, you know, even though you know you could make fun of him and you know all this kind of stuff, like you know, Ben Sisoli, Adam Poland, which, which and, actually, yeah. <laughs> and, and and Maurice Green, they're different beasts than in, in the bad way than Ben Rothwell. <laughs> um, you know, Rothwell 40, uh the the king of Kenosha, as they call him, uh, you know, Kyle uh Re What's this kid's name? Oh, uh, no, no. Don't what's even. What's, what's, what <laughs> the fuck is fun. that kid's name, dude? Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse, eat your heart out, bro. If fucking Ben Rothwell was out there that day, you know, I don't think uh, we would have needed many <laughs> Kyles. But I don't know what Ben was doing that day, man. Oh, man. Uh, he he should have kept Kenosha unlocked. But anyway, um, don't no, no, no beef, Ben. Don't don't come after me. But Ben, you know, overall, I think mm. it just it he goes a distance often. The Lima, just questionable cardio. You know, I think he's going to have to be ripping off light kicks on Ben, to be honest, is I think his best, like, is one tool he definitely needs to use. But I think that Ben can just, like, throw that jab out, throw those right hands out, smother a guy like the Lima. The Lima's just a... 
I, I hate to say it because we share a birthday, but this guy just, he kind of starts panicking sometimes, like when he's in there. There's a reason he's been submitted so many times. You know, guillotines, Von Flues, arm triangles from Stefan Struve, fucking forearm chokes. You know, this is not a guy you could trust. Although, you know, it's a plus number. I get it. Um, and you don't want to bet Rotwa because you think that all oh, OSP hurt him, this or that. I mean, OSP, that was peak COVID time, first of all. Second, OSP does get some decent angles on the feet. Like, he moves around not bad. And I think the time that he hurt Ben, he was off to the side of him and, you know, landed, you know, a, a big punch or two overall. And uh, Tybura is just a tank, uh, at, I mean, at heavyweight. Like, he's just a, a skilled guy. I think he took Ben down eventually or, I don't know, started putting him in the clinch. But Delima just does not have, have an connected. Hold up. It does seem like Delima is training at ATT, which could be beneficial for him. But uh, what were you saying? Finish that up. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yes, yeah, so he's at ATT. But um, I just, I just think he wilters, uh, wilts under under the pressure. Um, and I think if if Ben Rothwell elongates this fight at all and comes with his normal pressure, um, I think that he should be able to eat the punches of Delima and then you know stop him towards the you know later portion of the fight. But not yeah. a confident pick. Action coming in on, on, on Rothwell now. I would need minus 130 to play Rothwell. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be getting there. But um, like I said, I don't have much faith in Rothwell, but I think I'm going to be betting that decision line just because I think that's off. Um, so uh, that's going to take us to the main event. In the featherweight division, we have Max Holloway, gigantic favorite, minus 800. Yair Rodriguez, plus 500. Uh, you could start this one off, Ozzy. I mean, it's crazy. Max Max was minus 150 in his uh, cater fight. He's minus 800 here. Um, yeah, you know, Yair, it's been forever since I saw the guy. Um, you know, I don't I didn't remember him that well. I think what was his last fight was a Korean zombie fight, right? Or no, the Jeremy Jeremy Stevens fight. But that was not much of a fight. But, you know, I mean, he has good body kicks. The thing is, though, he needs space to operate. Um, you know, he runs away a lot. Like if you look at the end of the ch chance, he's running away, you know, he doesn't uh, keep position in the pocket very well. You know, I think that Max here should be able to find a head kick on this guy. I mean, you know, I mean, what, what can you say about Max Holloway? One of the best fighters to ever grace the sport. One of the best action fighters to ever come, you know, come into the sport. Every fight of his, he's bringing the heat. He's bringing, you know, damage, you know, uh, nonstop volume, you know, and a well-rounded game. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw, you know, some ground here where, you know, maybe he drops Yair at some point, come, you know, and comes on top of him and tries to finish him off there. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, Holloway should probably mix in some kicks here because when you are fighting a guy like uh, Yair, who's a very, very competent kicker, you got to kick with the kicks back on your script. Um, so I think that uh, Max here probably looks to mix up between Orthodox and Southpaw uh, to, to stifle the body kicks of Yair, you know, uh, finds his jab and makes it look like a Max Holloway fight. I would probably favor it to, I mean, I know people are saying, hey, this is going to you know, maybe get a finish, but Yair moves very, very well, is pretty slick in there. Um, and I do think that, you know, he's always alive to also land a big shot. Although I would probably favor it to go, you know, uh, into a later fight. I wouldn't be surprised that Max jumping on this guy super early, finding a way to stun him, club and sub, or, or just a straight uh, KO. But Yair is very, very tough. 
Um, but there's only one way that I could bet this fight, and it would be Max Holloway, but the price is crazy, so I will just enjoy this. I will not have $1 on it in any capacity, um, and I'll let uh, other people try to squeeze uh, value out of this fight some way, somehow. Maybe you can help me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, definitely no, no bets that are jumping off the page as appealing to me here. Um, you know, yeah, here has had a funny career. I mean, to think that this guy beat Dan Hooker, Andre Feely, Alex Caceres, and, and like he's still kind of thought of as like not that good, you know, uh, I mean, if those I would like to see some of those rematches like Andre Feely versus uh, Yair in 2021 or next year would be pretty fun. Honestly, uh, I would pick Feely pretty confidently. Um, but looking at Yair's most three recent fights, you know, excluding that one stupid, stupid Jeremy Stevens fight. I mean, he's he's suffered or struggled in a lot of those fights. I mean, he was dominated by Frankie Aguirre, smashed with ground and pound there. Uh, was on his way to losing a decision versus Jung. Um, very underwhelming fight. They just stood stood at range and kind of stared at each other the entire time. It can't exchange the occasional strike, but underwhelming fight. And then he did win the first two rounds against Jeremy Stevens, but round three, I mean, he was getting whooped on in round three. Uh, debatable 10 a round for Jeremy Stevens and. Jeremy got screwed in that fight. First fight was supposed to be five rounds in Mexico. He probably would have finished Yair in rounds four and five in that fight in Mexico, uh, but instead uh, got moved to a three-round fight, and uh, Yair was able to win that one by decision. So unfortunate luck for our boy Jeremy Stevens. Uh, getting over to this matchup, you know, as Ozzy said, one of the best fighters all of all time. Uh, I mean, he definitely should be in your top 10 of all time. Max Holloway is a special talent and the guy is not even 30 fucking years old yet left. So, or yet. So hopefully we, we got a, a few good years left of his career. I mean, that's honestly one of the craziest things, like craziest, like statistics or, you know, facts you can give about MMA. Max Holloway is not 30 years old yet. Um, and, you know, I think round one should be a little slow. You know, Yair is going to be using that movement, using a lot of energy, trying to get his jumping, spinning, flying head kicks going. But unless he lands that flying, jumping, spinning head kick on Max Holloway, I don't see a way that he's going to win the fight rounds. By round two and three, Max is going to be picking up the pace, putting a beating on him, just outboxing the shit out of Yair. Um, Yair can kick on the outside, but the man cannot box. He really gets hit a lot <laughs> in the pocket and Max is probably just going to have target practice while, while uh, this fight is, is that the dude rips to the body. You know, he can drain that gas tank. Um, he might get a knockdown. He can snatch a submission. The dude, uh, guillotine, uh, Cub Swanson Andre back in Feely. the day. Uh, I was at that fight. Yeah, yeah, you were probably at that fight too when he uh when he choked out Cub Swanson. Um and yeah, that was the night where Volante knocked out uh Anderson. So Oh, okay, him. yeah, I definitely um, was. <laughs> uh, um that that uh that that fucking uh that reasoning last week though did not come through and help us unfortunately, no. but whatever, whatever. Um Chris Barnett, you know, was there to spoil the show. But um, I told people to be careful. I said, "Hey, you know, this guy <laughs> not trustworthy John Volante at Juice." <laughs> Okay, yeah, bad moment for it. Bad moment for Italian Americans. Um, so I'm I'm leaning for a, a round three or four finish here. I just think the pace and pressure, the output, everything of Max Holloway is going to be too much, and he's going to get Yair out of there. It sounds like you're leaning a little bit, bit towards like four or five decision. And what 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 is like? Your yeah, I mean, I know there? that's a trendy. That's a very trendy pick. 
and you see like talk you speaking just like putting a lot of contextualized like all right like max going to the body this you know i would probably think that max gets a finish here like i think this guy you know he's talking about these boxing like which could be a bad sign where he's talking about like bigger opportunities but i mean to get these big opportunities you got to put on big performances like what they said the ufc like you're an independent contractor most of the ways people make money is they find you know they use their star um you know spotlight to get better opportunities and the way you do that is putting on exciting fights and knocking dudes the fuck out um yeah there's a tough dude like cater was um but i guess yeah i think max probably you know he's i think he's a put the pedal to to try and finish it so i mean going back, back to fight, go ahead, going back to the cater fight like i thought max was gonna finish that like halfway through like i was like okay i i bet i bet goes the distance in that fight and i was like oh i was like subtracting it from the spreadsheet like the second and third round and like it just kept going and kept going and i mean i think 99 percent of the roster of the featherweights would have gotten knocked out in that fight so uh, i do lean to finish rounds three and four i kind of hope it's a submission just for something different you know like you said he drops him and then snatches on a sub or something that would be fun to see one more thing to point out Max never has fought in this small cage. This is in the small cage. Same thing for Yair. So I don't think that's a that bodes well for Yair uh, no. Rodriguez. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to escape. Nowhere to um, go, boy. But yeah, Holloway decision here is plus one hundred. I don't know. I think that I think that could be higher. I mean, it's going to be a long twenty five minutes. That's, if that's betting, a sweaty. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, you're betting twenty five minutes at even money for Yair to make it. I don't know about that. Um, so I'm going, I'll go, uh, round four submission or something. Um, I'll go, I'll go round, 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 uh, two finish. But I, I don't know about you, but I, I always feel like these, the main events, like whenever we think oh. there's going to be a finish, they go, yeah, like conceptually, they just last longer for some reason. Maybe the refs have more leniency with stopping it. You know, Mexican guy, I'm sure he's been training hard. Like they've been scheduled to fight for a long time. So I hope, yeah, here comes a fight. Maybe gives us a live line, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. All right, that's going to do it for the podcast, 11 Fights. We went a little long this week, but we told you we were going to. And, you know, some fun fights to analyze. Not the highest level contest, but definitely some some strong leans on a few of these fights. You you can tell which ones those are. And let's hope our boys come through. My boys this week are going to be Da Eun Jung uh, and Julio Arce. Oh, and Lee Letson. Um, and let's do this parlay you were talking about. So what, you you pick one leg, uh Pick one leg. I pick. I pick one leg. You know, it could be a a money line or a or a total. Um, All right, I'm going whatever. with my boy Da Eun Jung money line. Okay, so you got Da Eun Jung. I'm gonna give the people. So we're gonna give the people a Da Eun Jung, and it's either Andrea Lee or Julio Arce. So I'll let you pick on the second leg of it. What no, you. you I picked mine. You got to pick All yours. Right. You're right. You're right. I gotta not be a coward. Uh, so we're gonna do Andrea Lee, Anjong parlay for for those I want to follow. Are two, you know, just confident confident picks for this week. Um, but you know, if you're feeling spicy, maybe maybe you mix in Arce. Maybe add Arce. Like if, if you like Arce instead more, you know, I think you know I like him as well. I just think there's both there's good value in the matchup, value in the uh, in the number, um, and I think this spot for both of these uh, guys and gals. Is a step up for them that they're very ready to uh, to take. Sounds good. Sounds good. So that's going to do it for the podcast this week. I believe we're going to be right back next week. Yep, card next week. So uh, hope you all enjoy the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, apologize for any slight audio issues, but I don't think there were too many. And uh, 
Thanks for showing support. Hit like, hit subscribe. Make sure you're following on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you're retweeting on Twitter. And we appreciate all the support, and we hope you're all winning some bets along with the podcast. So we will see you all before next week. Peace. Peace.